0: Coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine God I gotta be down because I want
1: it all It started out with a kiss did it like this? It was only a kiss. Hello and welcome along to G'day GA Brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear The choice of champions Please visit O'Neill's on Facebook On O'Neill's Sports AU And also on Instagram for all the latest offers Well I'm delighted to be joined this evening here in I'm Winkle Kenny and I've got Shawnee and Giggles on the line down in Waterford. How are you, lads?
0: Hiya, Liam. Giggles. I'm good, Liam. I'm just opening up my O'Neill's gear here now that we've got for the World Games. It's all looking good. Yep, sure. Shout out to our sponsors there. It's, 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 it's very
1: nice gear. Shawnee and Giggles have landed in for the World Games. They're about to kick off in WIT uh, on Monday. We'll get to that on today's show. We're going to cover... Um, Preview of the Kilkenny-Limerick game tomorrow. Um, look ahead to the fascinating few days in Warfare with the World Games. And then also to Tip and Wexford on Sunday. Um, first up though, lads, we did have our competition on episode 50 to give away that beautiful uh g trucker cap. And what was the question you had, Giggles?
0: Uh, who, who's the man who missed the penalty in 2013 that was saved by Anthony Nash when Clark played Kilkenny, I think was the question.
1: Yeah. And the answer was...
0: Richie
1: Power. Richie Power. And the winner is long-time listener Derek O'Donnell, who was the first email in, first past the post. And Derek, I'll get on to you with a private message and we'll get your details and we'll get that O'Neill's trucker cap out to you. So congratulations, (laughs) Derek. Derek. And he also said in his email, um, I can't figure out why I have Tommy Welsh associated with my memory of that penalty. So he was right now. Tommy Welsh
0: came in with the follow-up, wasn't it? And buried it.
1: Shawny, no, he are you bury Oh he Sorry, hit it wide know he buried he
0: it, it. No, Anthony, Anthony Nash Saved
1: both of them Oh he saved both of them Yeah I thought, I thought Tommy and Was just loud or something yeah I know you're right He saved it Um, That was a crazy match Long time ago now Um, Sean you're sitting down In the car there You're kind of rustling around Looking for a tape or something Are you
2: no, that's not me at no, all. That's Giggles. I'm sitting in the car here of the WIT City Campus. Giggles just told you already. He's, up, he's opening his own Eels gear. Oh, opening so... his bag. That's what all the rattling is. Oh, sorry, Sean. I... Stop now. Stop now, Liam. Stop sorry
1: rustling. Come on, Giggles. All right. Well, let's get into it then. We'll first start off with a look at Kilkenny and Limerick tomorrow. Which is always, you know, a great show. You know, to say that you walked the steps of Crow Park and you lifted the McCarthy Cup, like, and... but you know, we never changed one bit from the day we started, let's say, our first game with, with Moore, Going back to your locals and the people that you
0: brought up with and you reared with, and it just, there's nothing like coming back there, like.
2: I had the fancy
0: oh, open-top bus land. I think we had Duggins, Richard Duggins' lorry, and yeah, yeah. Up, up on the back of the
1: lorry and off down it. Just lovely country and a few bonfires. Coming up tomorrow 6 pm throwing in Crow Park. We've got Kilkenny and Limerick. Absolute humdinger. I think it's gonna be. I'm making the the journey up tomorrow up to Crow Park. Got the tickets, Lower Cusick 306. Myself, Tanya and Henry. Shawnee and Gigglesy going up.
2: No, uh Liam. I was going to go up alright, sorry Giggles. Um I was going to go up alright, in the hope that Cork will be there, but unfortunately it's not. Um and I just say, I say it's too too um, too late for the small for Sean O' to go and watch it. So I think I'll sit at home and watch it with the uh, with the family. A... What
1: about you, Eagles? Why you going?
0: Yeah, you going... no, I'm
2: not going up at all. We're, I think we're
0: training against in the morning, so I'd love to go up. Um, but um, no, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to wait for the final. We've got two tickets from Astral Asia. thanks to Jared Rowe for the two tickets, and um, for the Hurling final. So I'll wait for that. But I'm definitely going to the final.
1: Brilliant, brilliant. Well, it's, it's interesting. The build-up in Kilkenny, being here all week, very subdued. Like, you know, there's no no colour around. People are talking about it, all right, but I think Kilkenny, the, the build-up is really suiting Kilkenny. They're going into this game, I think, really under the radar. I know they bet Cork. Limerick are red-hot favourites for, for Sunday, or for, sorry, for for tomorrow. And I think that's really suiting Kilkenny. I think Kilkenny are going to give Limerick a real rattle. I think Limerick might have a little bit too much from the end, but I, I think it's going to be very close. We, I, think I,
0: I think that's the exact same thing you said about cock as well, Liam, and yeah. I, said it, I said it to Shawnee in the car there, I was like, I've got an awful fear that Kilkenny might sneak this out of Ireland, you know what I mean? As in like, and and it's probably one down to our bet that we have, <laughs> you know, you know that, bet, that five-year bet we have, but two down to the fact that they're so tenacious and ravenous, and the whole kind of country says they don't have a team to win Nile Ireland and I'd say in Cody's mind he is so set on proving that wrong Um, I didn't think they were going to beat Cork at half time Uh, I didn't think they were going to beat Cork and then they come out and score 1-8 to a point in that third quarter that traditional moving quarter from Kilkenny where they blow teams away and they did the same thing to Cork and their big forwards are starting to find a bit of form now TJ didn't do much as much as he usually would by his high standards from play but Richie Hogan chipped in with 1-2, Fenley with 1-1, one, one. Walter with three or four points when he came on. So there's a bit of danger coming about this Kilkenny team. And as you said, Liam, you're right. Nobody's giving them a chance. They're coming in under the radar and it's 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 a dangerous place to be attacking a wounded cat, I suppose.
1: Yeah, and I think looking at the last day as well with Kilkenny Cork, it ended up being a shootout, like we kind of said. Very, very high scoring game. Kilkenny putting up 227, which is not a score that they... Would too often get against a team of the calibre of Cork or maybe Cork teams in the past. Um, but I suppose the vulnerability from a Kilkenny point of view is the full back line and they did get exposed there against Cork. Now, Patrick Horgan is probably unmarkable at the moment, to be fair. But the Limerick full forward line with full forward as well, I think that's an area that Limerick would look to exploit, especially to try and draw out the Kilkenny half back line because they looked very vulnerable in there the last day in the first half.
2: Yeah, I think, I actually think, I think I don't think it's your full-back line. I think you are all your six-backs. I think, like you're saying there, that, you know, it's kind of similar similar as the Cork game. You know, Limerick are going his favourites. But the thing is, the difference is the quality of player that um, Limerick have around that middle eight is completely different to what Cork have around there. And I think with that in mind, you know, that's where Kikini, hone you know, and win games and are able to drag, drag the game into that sector, the field where, when it comes to work rate, there is no team better than, than Kikini for work rate. But in saying that, there is a better team than Kikini in this regard, and that is Limerick at the moment. And I just think, forget about your, your full-back line. I think your half-back line is going to be, like, run ragged, trying to, uh, my favourite, Gareth Hagerty, is going to, on Paddy Deegan or someone like that. There's no, I just can't see them being able to hold up with him for the for the 70 minutes. Kyle Hayes similarly and Tom Morrissey as well, like that's where I think your biggest problem is going to be, is is trying to stop those lads having the influence. And in the inside, then you have Gillan Peter Casey, who's the, in form uh, full forward at the moment as well for Limerick. And I think it's gonna it's gonna be really around that area. And I just can't. It, it it's it's kind of a similar situation for the Cork game, you know, where Kilkenny liked going as underdogs, and everyone's kind of saying they're not up to it anymore, but. It's a different story to time with this
1: Limerick team. Yeah, you're right, Johnny. But I think it's twofold with that half-back line and and Limerick's half-forward line because we know how much that Limerick half-forward line likes to drift out. So even if Limerick drift out, it's the question, do Kilkenny follow them or do they stay and do they hold? And if Kilkenny start start to follow them, that creates that space in there for those Limerick forwards as well. So I think it's going to be fascinating to see how Kilkenny's set up to counter that you know what I mean yeah I'd
2: say they'll, they'll probably drop back um, Walsh I'd say they surely will like, that will be the most obvious thing to do and I'd say if they do that or put Paul Murphy out in a position like that like you know it will stem the flow but uh, yeah I think you're right Jack. they'll have to do something like that you know I hear a lot of commentary saying oh can you won't do that and they'll never do that I guarantee you they'll do it they did it against, against Cork as well but it was just not as
1: no noticeable. Yeah, they did it against Cork, and that made a big difference when, when Fogo yeah. kind of started dropping a bit deeper. But like looking back at that Cork game, you talked about halftime. Giggles, like you messaged me, and I was like, "God, it's two poor teams here, and Cork are the better team. And Cork should have been up by ten points at halftime. You know, like yeah. they really should have been out of sight at halftime. Kilkenny like, run ragged, did huge goal chances, didn't convert, and Kilkenny obviously rammed home in the end and looked and looked really good and got took the plaudits, but. That's where I worry. I'm actually confident with Kilkenny's forwards. I know that I know Limerick's backs are solid and the full-back line um, is, is a very good full-back line, but I think Kilkenny will get change off those forwards, off those backs tomorrow. Um, And it'd be interesting with Kilkenny's team selection. There's a lot of, I suppose, questions, what way will Cody go? Because he, that team he picked for the Cork game that was named, everyone in Kilkenny said, that's a dummy team. Like we No one thought that was the actual team was going to start and it ended up being the team that did start. And, yeah. and it was the bench that won it for Kenny. Like Walter Walsh came on, had a huge Absolutely. impact. Absolutely, Bill yeah. Sheen came on, scored a point, but it was involved, was involved like caused all sorts of upset. So it will be interesting if he starts Walter or not. Like I, I'd love to see Walter starting, but also to have him in reserve to come in. Like he is a massive man to bring in fifteen, twenty minutes to go. So it's going to be interesting what way they're going to go from a forward's perspective. And you talked about TJ Giggles being held up. I thought TJ had a massive game against Cork. The amount of frees he won and the amount of possessions he was involved in—he in, he like, threw in you know.
2: so many players and like set up so much from play um, that nobody really noticed it. Like he, he was, he was involved. I think it was like something like outside of his own freeze and he was involved in twelve other scoring chances outside of that. Like so, yeah. to say he didn't have an impact would be very um, disingenuous to um, to TJ Reid's performance.
0: Yeah, I, I, think, I think the one thing that you have to look at from the Cork game and you have to wonder is how bad were the Cork half-forward line, right? Because in that third quarter where Kilkenny scored 1-8 to a point, were skills. Anthony Nash hit, like, and it wasn't Anthony Nash's fault, but he hit 8 or 10 or 12 puckouts, however many it was. down. And Kilkenny half-back line won every single one of them. And yeah. probably 50% of the cases, it was a Kilkenny man going up on his own, uncontested, catching the ball. And I was saying to myself, holy shit, that Cork half-forward line has just gone missing. They just went Conor Lehan, Luke Mead, and I think it was Kingston had come on at that stage. They just went totally missing and really let the Cork side down. Now, yeah. you, you contrast that with Shawnee's point earlier. The best half-forward line in the country at the moment is is Morrissey, Kyle Hayes, and Gerard Hegarty. So, I guess there's, for, for, from my perspective, and I suppose anybody who's probably over the age of 25, has this feeling that if any they know them of all, that they'll never go away. And in every single game can Kenny have played this year. With the exception of Carlow, there hasn't been more than a score in the game. And the Carlow game, they were like to wipe them off the face, face the dirt. So this can't be a game where Limerick are going to win by 12 or 14 points. And then look at what Limerick's performance did in their last game. They played Tipperary. Now, with 15 minutes to go in the Tipperary game, there was only a pint or two in it. And when Seamus when Cannon missed the goal and Limerick went down the other end and got 1-1, Tipperary did what Kilkenny won't do and that's that they just died. They put their heads down and they let Limerick get that extra 7 points that put the 11-point loss on the scoreboard. doesn't matter if Limerick got 7 points up with 15 minutes to go against Kilkenny. There's no way Kilkenny will do what Tipperary did not put their head between their legs and let Limerick have it. They'll continue fighting to the very bitter end. And that's got to be the big worry for Limerick, that they haven't been tested in a tight game yet. And I've got an awful feeling this is going to be a really tight game, given Kilkenny's nature of their performance over the whole championship so far.
1: Yeah, and I think that speaks a lot as well, to this Kilkenny team, because in Kilkenny they're not re- they're not rated as in anywhere with the teams gone by in the last few years. And I think there's something very likeable about them. You know, I think, uh, from a Kilkenny point of view, obviously, Kikennie's sport, like they're very honest... We don't have the caliber of players that we had five six years ago, but every one of them is is probably, especially in the Cork game, played even above themselves. Some of the, maybe some of the lesser known players. So I think this year for Kilkenny, at the start of the year, an All Ireland semi final in my head. Obviously, you want Kilkenny to win an Ireland every year as a supporter, but I thought an Ireland semi final was was uh, was where they were at, and that's where they've got yeah. to now. And as Cody said, like they've got the reward, and now they're they're one game away from an Ireland final, which is the ultimate prize obviously before winning the bloody thing but I think Kilkenny going out here Limerick are going no, I don't think they have any baggage this team like if Kilkenny were playing tip now tomorrow I would actually fancy him even more because yes, you true. know yeah. tip fear Kilkenny this Limerick team has no fear of Kilkenny and they you saw that in that in the Ireland yeah. final last year they talked about after the match that there was no burden of history on, that, on those players because that was nothing got to do with us and Kylie had instilled that in them that there was no weight on their shoulders. So I don't think they see Kilkenny as, you know, it'll just be a ding-dong battle between 15 and 15, plus the benches tomorrow will be massive. Kilkenny used all five subs last day, had a huge impact. None of Cork's subs made any impact against Kilkenny. So we talked about Limerick last year, all, like like Shane Dowling coming on, got scores, got goals and all those games. It'd be very interesting to see how those benches contrast with the last 15 20 minutes, because hurling now is a 20 man game, and I think that's where it's going to be won or lost tomorrow.
0: Yeah, and I don't think the, lim- the Limerick bench this year is making the impact they made last year. It, it looks like a lot of the players on the Limerick bench, and Seamus Flanagan and Shane Dowling are probably two examples. And uh, maybe it's unfair to compare them in the games that they did start for Limerick when they were given the chance to prove themselves. They didn't prove themselves and both were taken off with poor performances. Uh, you just wonder, is there an element of, OK, one year I can be a super sub, but maybe two years I'm getting a bit pissed off being a super sub. And, and I don't like being it. And like, I can imagine most players would have that feeling that you, you want to be on the starting team. So, and they didn't make much of an impact off the bench against Tipperary, it was the main. Like Peter Casey scored one five, A scored one one, Hegarty got three points, Marcy got three points. So yeah, it's, it's it's a very interesting uh interesting
2: <laughs> battle coming up. I don't Sorry, think Danny. Limerick Limerick like uh, true to your point as well, Gigas, I, I don't think they've been tested with exception of Cork beating them. Like, but the on, outside of that, I don't think they've had to use their bench because they haven't been looking to their bench. They've been so far ahead of teams when they have been beating them, they haven't really had. You know, you couldn't really get, get that sense that they, you know, needed that impact from the bench. And definitely Kilkenny had that impact against Cork. I mean, Walter, I thought, was the main factor um, against Cork. Like, he just, he took uh, Mark, what's his name? Ellis, uh, Mark Ellis all, right. all over the place when he came on. Yeah, He got a couple of points off him. I think Tim O'Man, he was probably the only impact sub from Cork that really did anything for Cork. Sub, substitute that, there and everyone else just failed. They just failed miserably in the middle of the field, failed miserably in the half back line with the exception of Steve McDonald and, and in the half hour line were abysmal. And too many times um like the likes the Connorly Han and fellas like that just when it comes to the crunch, they're just they're not they're they're phone wanting every time. Like and like the differences is and I I take come back over the point, but like the, the players that Limerick have there, the quality of players that they have there, I just I just can't see any of them living with them. If they hit hit farm and they're able to get some sort of momentum going there. I don't think there's anyone in Ireland who can live with them at the moment. And I, I don't, like, I'll, I'll see it probably when we get her our prediction then, yeah, but I just can't see um, Kilkenny getting it within most six or seven points of them. I think Limerick are actually going to blow them all the way t- um, t- tomorrow night. Okay,
1: that's, that's Sonny's <laughs> prediction there, Plus six for Limerick. Giggles.
2: Well, I, I I was actually going to go and say about ten points. Would that be disingenuous to Kilkenny? Because I, again, what you were saying, like this thing with Kilkenny, um, their honesty and their you know their will to win and their work rate is phenomenal. But and I don't think, uh, as Giggles said, I don't think they'll let Limerick get too far away from it in that point. And I think Kilkenny will fight to the bitter end. they would claw a couple of points back, but I'd say Limerick will have won that game. What I'd say, 10-15 minutes to go.
1: Big call, giggles.
2: Yeah, um,
0: I think w- w- the other thing that Limerick are coming into the game with is huge, everything to lose, and what Kenya are coming into the game with is absolutely nothing to lose. Limerick are the All Ireland champions, League champions, monster champions. So it's like the, it's like the boxing fight with the lad coming in with three belts and the old guy like what's his name, Mohammed Ali, in the rumble of the jungle, lead no belts, but he kind of had the big performance in them. You just have a fear that Kilkenny will come at it. Um, But I do think that this Limerick team are something special. I think there is serious bond within them. I don't think they've been tested this year. I think they will be severely tested on Sunday. And I can see them kind of getting over the line just by two points with Limerick. I'm going to go with.
1: Okay. Okay. Look, I, I think this is genuinely in my head, not in my heart. I think Kilkenny could sneak this tomorrow. I think Kilkenny will stay with him, and I think it'll come down to the last 10 minutes. And I think if Kilkenny are within a point or two of him in the last 10 minutes, I think Kilkenny could push on and, and sneak him by a point or two, but that'll be it. Um, but I would, be honest, if you were to stack up player for player at the moment, Limerick have a better quality of player, and, I, and they're the form team coming in. But I just think Kilkenny couldn't be coming in any better for that in terms of preparation. They've had Every game they've had, like you say, Giggles... They've been on the wrong side of those results, but they've been in a point or two in every single match. Um, and I think there's one massive performance in them. And I think the backs as well, in one way, the fact that they got cleaned a little bit by Cork in that first half, I think that will, I don't know, I think that could, in a, in one way, shake them up a little bit, but also Cody might need to make some changes there. I, I For instance, I don't know will we see um, Killian Buckley there. Um, I think... I think he he might
2: He seems to be underdone Liam, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, I I don't think he's right to be honest. He didn't seem yeah. to, to be moving that well against Cork. I think he might have had only one possession. Um so we'll have to see how that goes. Um but the team be picked tonight will be interesting to see. So I I'm, I'm going to go for Kilkenny by two points. Jesus.
0: Yeah. you're better be looking good then Lee <laughs> yeah one
1: well, game away from Giggles yeah I'd love, I'd love to cash in on that. I'd love to cash in on that one I won't lie I, I, I'm very
0: tempted to
2: put
1: 100 actually at 4 to 1 for this year's South Ireland to cover might be a bad bet <laughs> or you might want, if you want to cash out Giggles and pay me off early I don't know it's up to you <laughs> <laughs> you're
2: alright Giggles hold your
1: money I, like, I think your money is safe this year alright ok well that's that's tomorrow 6pm throwing in Crow Park I'll be there I won't be doing a buff you on it but I will have a, a couple of snaps <laughs> and a couple of picks up on Naked on AJ on Twitter and on Instagram. Alright, coming up next we're going to have a look at the World Games which is coming up down on Waterford next week.
0: Like the legend of the phoenix huh? All ends with beginnings What keeps the planet spinning Uh
2: the force of the beginning
0: we're now done in past
1: the injury time. Kelly has to go for distance. The referee doesn't blow his whistle. Ball comes out towards Donald Donovan. Blair have the ball. Patrick O'Connor sends it into the centre. They have to hold possession. The referee gets out of the way. Hand passes on. Donald Donovan is the left corner back. He hits it. He hits it. What? It's over the bar.
0: Oh, holy Moses. What a match. I have never experienced oh, anything like it. Blow it up, Brett. Blow it up. Brian Gavin, blow up the final whistle. Surely he's looking at his watch and he's blown the final whistle. It's a draw for the second year in a row.
1: Okay, coming up, kicking off lads on Monday for yourselves, the World Games down in WIT, down in Waterford. Have all the Australians landed? Have you got a training together yet?
0: We've Yeah, we've, we've landed, on, like the, the six Australian teams got together for a bit of a meeting with the, the head of Australasia, Gerald Rowe, today. He ran us through the programme. So there's a hurling team, a football team, a ladies football team, a camogie team. There's also an Australian-born ladies' football team and an Australian-born men's football team. They're the other two. The Australian, so the what they call is the native-born players or players born in a different country to Ireland are playing in their own tournaments. So there's effectively eight tournaments going on. There's hurling football, ladies' football and camogie for Irish-born players and the same equivalent for native-born players. So if you're born in Germany, you get to play for Germany. You're born in Russia, you get to play for Russia. So... Our six teams landed into the, the Manor um, Street, um, WIT accommodation. We've had a chat. We went for a puck and a stretch there, and we're going off training with Mullen Lahone in That's the the home club of our manager, Brian Vaughan. We're training with them. They're seniors this evening.
1: Daily giggles. And you've got a fairly competitive group. You've got New York, Middle East, and...
0: Finally. Asia and Asia and the Euro Asia Cobras and the Europe Bears, so they, they get the cool names
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: wherever they came from. But yeah, look, I think you'd expect all five teams would be very competitive. We, we've got a fairly strong squad ourselves. You'd imagine Dubai or the Middle East, as they're called, would be very, very strong. And, and the word around the players that know them that is that they have a very, very strong team. All young teachers, all between the ages of 22, 26. We, we were joking and laughing down the field that we've definitely got the oldest team here. Myself and, and Sean here are probably bringing the average age up by a good few years, but we're, we're definitely the oldest. Um, I think Asia, Asia is, is, is going to be pretty strong. I think there's a really strong hurling and football GA population in, in both Singapore and Hong Kong in particular. And a little bit of a stronghold in Bangkok as well. And they've got players from all around there. New York, as everybody in Ireland would know, would have a good few kind of players who would have moved out there full time, so they'd be very strong. And then Europe are probably the one unknown quantity, um, but they get to make up players from all of mainland Europe. So Luxembourg, uh, Germany, Holland, and uh, France are the main four countries I think that contribute to that to that squad.
1: And Shawnee, it's a really interesting format. It's it's nine aside, um, and is it full field or is it three quarters?
2: It's uh, 21 to 21, so it's nearly a full field like so. Um, and yeah, the nine side is, which we look, uh, us in Melbourne will be very familiar with, with the Gary Owen nines that we play. So the format will kind of actually suit um, us. And, and there's also seven side tournaments here in Australia as well, so we should be able to um, have a bit of familiarity with that kind of setup. So yeah, that that kind of in our favour a bit.
1: And there is a great reward, lads. That if you were to get to the final, it is in Crow Park um, next Thursday. Uh,
2: that's right. That's the I guess that's the the Holy Grail. That's why we've all made the the sacrifice and to come home, make the trip home is is to get to the the hello turf of Crow Park and get to play there and uh, represent in whatever way we can and hopefully climb the Hogan Steps.
1: Yeah, and have and have you been out in WIT for look? I saw on Twitter they've been following the World Games that they have a a new line marking technology that does the line marking by drone so they don't have to light ma- walk the lines anymore to line the pitches it looked unreal the place looked amazing
0: you, you love that technology Dean. All, you're all about your pitches aren't you yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we're, we're heading out there for half an hour just before we head to Mullin so we we haven't seen it yet but similar to yourself seeing the pitchers they've created seven pitches out there in Carrigan Ore and the, the surface it was always immaculate down there anyway and um, and yeah, I think, I think just in general, there, there is a good bit of a buzz around the county of Watford, and in particular for the, the native players coming over. They're all being hosted, failing the Gale style, by different clubs where the native players are staying in the homes of people. And I know a couple of the clubs, like the Lismore Camogie Club is hosting a Camogie a team. Turin, which is um, Turin, which is a population of about 100, 100 people, I'd say four houses in a church, are hosting the Russians. So that'll be very interesting clash of, of kind of cultures uh, right there having the Russians go and stay in Turin but so th- there is good signage up around and I think it'll be it, it, it's a great thing for the county of Warford our, our own GA in particular hurling isn't going as strong as we'd like at the moment so this is a nice a welcome boost for the county
1: yeah it is to have a real fail in a gale feel to it for adults because I think there is there some kind of parade you have as well
0: there's a big parade on Sunday yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> where, where we're kind of going go down the main down the main street of Watford and, and all I think there's eighty-five teams from five different continents taking part. And I, I just rem- I remember being home three years ago the last time I was on now. I wasn't playing in it. Um but I remember going to a match in Crow Park and last three years ago the game ran in U C D and the final was in Crow Park. So Dublin was the host. And all the teams went to this game that was on in Crow Park. I think it was a Gaelic football match. Um I think it might have been a Mayo game and Some of the, like, there was a South African Gaelic football team there. The South African Gaelic football team had been put together by a guy who moved out there, um, and they were put together by all these players from the townships in South Africa. So you've got this totally kind of a, I don't know how to describe it, but nearly like the Jamaican bobsleigh team, right, for want of a better word. And they were dancing, and they had their own chants, and their colour, you imagine the South African colour colour is very bright and the, the lads were going around, massive smiles on their faces, loving Crow Park and you could just it, it was kind of a thing of, Jesus that's, that, I'm, I'm proud of that now, an Irish person set up this team in the townships in South Africa and now they've brought the, the South African team over to Ireland to in the world games, it kind of did
2: kind of give you a good sense that the GA is a wonderful thing, like... Yeah, I think... There'll be some sp- contrast to
1: the thick and us walking up and down the street <laughs> Yeah, you, you hope. You, I'm looking forward to hearing for what song you'll be singing walking down the streets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it is, you're right, Giggles, it's the native-born teams, I know, especially from Australia as well, the native-born women's football, events, football. a lot of them are Australian-born, and some have no, actually, affiliation to Ireland. They're just Australian people who've, who have got involved with the GAA in Australia and now we're getting to play in an international competition. I know there was fierce excitement among among those in particular coming over, to getting to play in Ireland and getting to play Gaelic Games. There's something really special about that. Obviously, it's really special for yourself and Johnny and all the boys coming over as well and girls from, from Australia. But for the native born, I think it's, it's something really, really special. And it's great to see that the GAA make a competition for them as well. You know, I think that's so important, how inclusive the GAA is. And um, part of their new mantra is it, it is for everyone. So I think it's great to see and it's growing. The numbers are growing in the World Games this year. I think there's like, like you said, 85 teams or whatever it is. It's phenomenal. And yeah. and a lot of people are travelling. I know there's great sponsorship and I know Australasia have done great things to support you guys. But you guys have dipped into your own pockets to help get yourselves there as well and taking time off work to come and play Gaelic Games and so are the native-born people. So I think it's an amazing Games. I'm missing it myself. I'm flying back to Australia on Monday. I'd love to be there Next week to cheer you guys on and just to be down there and watch it and do a podcast or two, um, but we will keep tabs with, on you guys how you're tracking. And I'm going to be back in Australia on Tuesday. We'll get another podcast going, check it in. Obviously, we'll talk about the, the semi finals the weekend. But also be really keen to hear how you guys are getting on as well.
0: Yeah, I think I think there was it was a funny one name because you, you you hit the nail on the head there about the GA abroad, like the GA in Ireland like is to a point of saturation in that it's ingrained in every single town in Ireland, in the club in Ireland, every participation levels are brilliant. But if you go back to the Wild Geese trophy, maybe back in November, which is the GA coming out of Ireland, trying to showcase their game and again get more people involved around the world. Like the world is a big place. I was very disappointed, especially on one or two podcasts I listen to are home based, to hear the negative sentiment around the Wild Geese game and that the, the GA put so many thousand euros into showcasing this game and there was only 15,000 at the game. But for people from Ireland and for people who are learning to play the, the Gaelic games outside of Ireland? That was such a huge thing. Like to see the Kilkenny hurdlers and the Galway hurdlers in, in the flesh and they played out a thrilling game, they got to have a bit of a holiday. And it was such a positive thing. And then all you hear from the kind of home sports commentary media, so to speak, was a negative sentiment towards wider spending money. It, it really kind of hit a nerve with me, to be honest. But now you see it coming the other way and you'll see 58 of the 84 teams, I think, are native born. And I think if anyone who is in those media outlets should come up to the World Games and have a look at what it means to those people, they might have a different view on it the next time the GA go out to the world and showcase kind of what, what they're what they're about and try and build that more players, more inclusiveness, which is growing, as you said, all the time around the world and not just focus on Ireland totally. Yeah.
2: Uh, I think, yeah, I think you're right. You're dead right in that as well, Giggles And I was the same as well um, on that Wild Geese thing last year as well. There was negativity... About it was really unjustified, and a lot of those podcasts actually mentioned this year. That maybe the leash holders should get an opportunity to go and play in something like that this year, even though it's not on this year. But like it's it's all well and good. And when it's like with Kilkenny and, and Galway, they went out and got to do it. But anyway, it's all good. Like coming back here, like this week, at the opportunity to come back here and represent here, because at the end of the day, we're we're um, a product of the GA and the GA worldwide, and you you want to be inclusive then you're going to have to be inclusive. So the GA need to, to you know, expose it a bit more here in Ireland as well so that like people abroad will, will embrace it. And they're doing so much work, the Irish people are doing so much work around the world to bring Gaelic Games to the attention of the people in those areas, in those native areas. And I guess this weekend and this week now is going to be a showcase for all of that and it, it's a privilege to be a part of it.
1: Well, lads, we'll be definitely keeping tabs on you anyway. And like I said, we'll, we'll touch base with you on that um, early next week to see how you're going in the first couple of games and hopefully you'll be making progress towards getting to Croke Park. Um, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But look, coming up next, now we're going to have a, a look at the other semi-final on Sunday, um, Tip and Wexford. in a Cumbie, On a trail head full of song. A strange lady she made me nervous she took me in and gave me breakfast and she said do you come from a land down under Okay coming up on Sunday we've got the second Holland Ireland hurling semi final between Tipperary and Wexford they're going absolutely nuts down in Wexford in the build up to this game. Um, purple and gold all over the county. I reckon it's going to be close to a sellout. I think we'll have nearly 80,000 in Crow Park on Sunday. Probably 55, 60,000 of them will be Wexford people. And I think Tipperary are going to feel this one. They're going to be under a lot of pressure. They came through leash unconvincingly, um, in my opinion. And I think Wexford have Tipperary firmly in their sights. And I think Tipperary are going to be very vulnerable on Sunday.
0: Yeah, it's def- it's it's it, the t- the two semi finals this weekend are like toss a coin very tight. You know, there's going to be no hammerings, which is brilliant because you want the top four teams in the country going toe to toe. It'd be very tight games. And Tipperary and Wexford is is like a, a, a story of two contrasting s- styles. Like Tipperary are going to want to open it out and create loads of space. Like Eamon yeah, I mean, O'Shea would kind of bring into it, try and score heavily. Uh, Wexford won the Leinster final if I'm correct scored 123 and I don't think they've scored much more than that in any of other games so they're going to want to close down the space they're definitely going to play a sweeper um, and will the Tipperary forwards like playing against seven backs who really are been drilled for three years in terms of how to close down space and Mark tightly I don't know the one thing, though, I will say about Tipperary, and probably if you go back and watch their performances, and I know they're a bit of an older team now, but watch their performances against Watford back in 15 and 16 when Watford had the specific sweeper system. They did manage to negotiate that quite well on both those days. Um, so they do have the class, they do have the know-how in terms of how to play around the sweeper system, and they have had a lot of joy in playing against teams with the sweeper before. So it's going to be interesting. But, but the only thing you can't rule out is David Fitz is the manager of Wexford. And if you go back to the 2013 All Ireland final, Claire played with a sweeper for every single game up to that final. And what did David do for the final? He'd done away with the sweeper and went 15 on 15. And Cork were shocked. And, and, and Wexford had the players to do that. Like they've got Rory O'Connor, Kieran mcdonald's not Kieran McDonald, what's his name? Colin McDonald, Conor, Conor McDonald, and Lee Chin and Liam McGovern and these players in the forwards and like Tipperary have a brilliant forward line but I think the Wexford forward line are being undersold as well in terms of how good they are and maybe the system doesn't allow them to score as heavily but they could easily open up on on, on Sunday in Crow Park
1: the one thing I would say w- w- with the Leinster final in particular was everything that Wexford took on against Kilkenny they scored they were scoring points underneath the Hogan stand from 60 yards out, lads over their shoulders, like, Everton went over, like, which was, yeah. you kind of knew it was going to be their day. Like, to repeat that performance again, and, like, oh, but let's be honest about it as well, Tipperary definitely have more and forwards, you would think, than Kilkenny, if they click, and like you said about the negotiation, the sweeper, Kilkenny don't have a great record actually against the sweeper, they actually kind of can find it quite difficult. It, it, yeah. t- Wexford will have to stop goals because Callan is in a rich famous form he's nearly scored a goal in every game you fancy Tipperary to get a goal or two no matter what really even if there is a tight sweeper and that's where they could come unstuck because I think is Wexford might not get enough scores on the board
2: Yeah I think uh, I think yeah, yeah that's true Liam actually that's a fair point but um I don't know about this Tipperary team. Like I'm I'm kinda in two minds about them, whether they have they peaked too early in the year or what. And it was always a, a lose game for Tipperary against Leash. They were they were never gonna come out looking good after that game, no matter what way they won that game. Um so it's still hard to know where Tipperary at and I, I don't know if they if they peak too early. In my mind I think they have peaked too early and I just think that yes, they have the most potent forwards in, in, in the country. But, I mean, you go back to Cork and Kikini again, like, it means nothing unless you're able to click and you have that momentum and you're able to have that attitude. And I'm not sure the Tipperary have that, no. And that said, again, is if Wex will go with that sweeper, keeping Patrick Maher away from that that loose ball all the time, if if that happens, they'll be in serious trouble. Um, managing that amount of ball being swept up by him and pumping him straight back down into the full forward line again.
1: I think you're right, Sean I think the worst lad that could be a sweeper against uh, being Parkmar. Like yeah. he will hoover up ball. Um, yeah. I I can see Giggles, Davy Fitz, going 15 on 15 on Sunday. Like like you know, it could shock me now, but I think you know it's it's year three with Davy and Wexford. They've they're Leinster champions on the back of what the, on the back of the sweeper. I can't see him cutting loose because as you know Giggles as well Davy has a, I think he was manager of Waterford not was a monster final when Tipperary scored seven goals yeah. um against Waterford I think you know I think Davy would have been scared a bit scared tissue from that back then so I think we, we we will see the sweeper and I think it will come down to I don't think 123 will will win the match on Sunday
0: Yeah that's that's the big fear for the Wexford people like 123 seemed to be their limit. Three wides against Kilkenny last day, so very efficient with their use of, of the ball. Some of the scores were outrageous, and you'd expect one or two more wides out of them. Um, it's Yeah, everything's going to have to go right for Wexford. You'd feel, but then again, you bring in the other side of it. Then right. So, the, and the one kind of caption I'll bring it back to. If you. you go back to the Munster final, Kyle Hayes broke through the middle. Now, he didn't score the goal, but I was watching Paddy Maher at the same time, and Paddy Maher looked like he was going in reverse chasing after Kyle Hayes Wexford would bring the same levels of physicality and fitness that Limerick brought and you just wonder are Tipperary's legs, they're all 30 plus are or are okay. close to that 30, 30 years of age line H- have they enough left in the legs to live with this Wexford team and if it is close with 10 minutes to go you, there's only going to be one winner and that's going to be Wexford because they've got the wide open space at Crow Park, Tip haven't been there this year yet they haven't been there last year They'll have no experience of playing in Park for for two years. Wexford have a good bit of experience there. They've got used to it, and they've definitely got the fresher legs. Yeah, it's very hard to call, but 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 I think Tip will go. Tip will go for the juggler early. Try and put the doubt into Wexford mind. Can we kill off kill off the game and get one or two goals? If they don't do that, I think Wexford will win. If they do do that, I think it's going to be Tipperary's day all day.
1: But who are you going to go for? Giggles prediction? What I have you? <laughs> You're
0: Asking for the prediction. <laughs> Um, t- 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 I'm going to go with Wexford just oh. because and it's, it's going to be a heart call as opposed to a head call you just get the feeling that there's an air in 1995 about this 96 like the, even
2: 96?
0: No, no, no 1995 oh, excuse it, me it, now, like the Clare it. team yeah. and the Clare team coming through and coming from nowhere and uh, I think there's that kind of a feel to it Wexford in 96 kind of everyone was was nearly willing them through it, it, it wasn't such a surprise where right? the Clare was a big surprise package they're going crazy down there, the Wexicans. Uh, they're absolutely nuts. I think there was a uh, an evening with Tony Brown and, and Tom Dempsey and, and, and jo- George O'Connor, and they were singing the the, the purple and gold and the, the gants at the crossroads at the end of it. So they're gone mad. So I think there's an air of it's probably Wexford's time and maybe this is the end of this Tipperary team. So I'm
2: going to go with my heart and say Wexford.
1: By how many? By two. By, By two. two. Okay, Shani?
2: Yeah, i um... Yeah, I just, as I said, I think Tipperary, I don't think they're at the pitch of where Wexford are at in terms of like their style and, you know, they know everybody, you know, they know where they're at, they know their team inside out. The likes of Liam o. McGovern, the work rate he's going to get through there in the half hour line. Conor McDonald, I think Conor McDonald, Rory O'Connor and Lee Chin, the three of them have to have big games and I think they will and I think they'll beat Tipperary by, I'd say, two points. It'll be back to nineteen eighty six. Limerick and Wexford all are in final, I reckon.
1: Oh, big oh. call, big call. Two for Wexford. I'm gonna go up even though I think Tip are vulnerable, I think Tip or Tip tip, tip with Liam Sheedy will be absolutely like
2: raging after. Limerick wants another kick in the Tip final. Yeah, after no, like after that <laughs> must after that
1: Monster final performance like I don't think Sheedy will leave them be as, as as vulnerable again, I think, you know? Um and I think there'll be a bit of a bit of a rebound from Tip and I think Tip will, will win by four points I think it'll be a great game I think Wexford will put in a great performance but I just think I think Tip will get a couple of goals and it was like the Leinster final whoever got the goal in the Leinster final was going to win the match Wexford got it I can see Tip getting a couple of goals on Sunday and I think that will just Tip won't Wexford would not be able to get enough scores to
0: counter it So but I think put, l- put a question to you Liam there Go for it. If, if, you, if you were to be guaranteed tonight or tomorrow evening that Kenny had beaten Limerick who would you prefer to play in
1: the final? I'd actually I think I'd prefer to play Tip.
2: Yeah, I know you would say that.
1: I'd actually prefer to play a tip, honest to God. Like I think Kilkenny like, you know, Kilkenny haven't beaten Wexford this year, like, you know, drew with him in the in the round robin, lost him in the Leicester final. I think they'd go very close again, but you know, the sweeper doesn't suit Kilkenny. Doesn't suit him with yeah. the players they have at the moment. They can't overpower it. They don't have the, the smarts yet, that young team to to work around it. I think 15 and 15 with Tip I'd fancy them getting out on top but anyway look we won't get ahead of ourselves get over Limerick tomorrow fingers crossed and I'll be trying to come back to, for an Ireland final in a few weeks time with ya. might have to give me one of those tickets <laughs> 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 but anyway that's that's, that's, a, that's that'd, be,
0: that'd be $500 each <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a crazy dream now at the moment but anyway look should be a great weekend I'm going to be up and done for the weekend I, I might try and sneak into Tip Wexford as well if I can I'm going to be there on Sunday as well but um, boys, enjoy the weekend, enjoy the build-up to the World Games, enjoy the parade, Now, uh, we're looking forward to seeing in your full kit and your as like a couple of 12-year-olds walking down the streets of Waterford, <laughs> and um, give, it, give it the best for Australasia, we'll all be cheering you on down under, um, we'll be keen to hear you getting on, so...
2: Squad are gathering here. No giggles in the car park, so we better hurry You
1: up. better go. You better go. All right, lads. Thanks very much for tuning in today. Thanks, Brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit um, O'Neill's on at O'Neill Sportswear AU on Instagram and on Facebook. And like I said, we'll be back with you during the week. And um, best of luck. The giggles is gone. Shawnee's gone. They're running out the door. We'll talk to you very soon, lads. Take care. Go look.